Welcome to Jim Galliano's Building a Better Web Presence podcast. Build something better with less moving parts, less overhead, and less headaches. Hey everyone, this is Jim Galliano, and thanks for joining me for today's podcast episode. I have a bit of a hoarse voice today, so I may have to stop frequently to take a little sip of water here and there. Maybe I'll just make the episode a little bit shorter than normal. So just one of those annoying things. I don't know. I'm sure that happens to other people. But today's episode is brought to you by OneToManySystem.com. That's OneToManySystem.com. And most online business owners learn that it's difficult growing your income one client at a time. Most people don't realize that there's another option. And for a lot of people, it takes years to get things right. Instead, you can use an easier-to-scale business and marketing model productizing your assets plus teaching what you know and getting more mileage from all of your efforts all around this is a complete system that will show you how a one-person business can scale that business without having or needing a team or a big budget you can simplify your marketing reduce your focus to a few basic things and build an audience in the process so go ahead and watch the full presentation to learn exactly how it's done at one to many system Dot com. And finally, if you enjoy this podcast, please consider taking a minute to share an episode link and comment about it wherever you are online. Your sharing of this podcast makes it possible for me to reach people who would otherwise be very difficult to reach in a noisy, crowded space. Today, I want to talk about corruption in the marketing world, corruption in the advertising world. And many people are already seeing internet marketing and internet marketers in general in the same basic light as they would a used car salesperson. But recently, some new information has come to light that makes people doing internet marketing almost seem angelic by comparison. For example, some of the most popular, just a recent discovery, Twitter and Instagram users, people might call them influencers or influencer accounts, have as many as 45 to 65% bot followers. Just let that sink in for a minute. Imagine this, 45% or 50% of, just pick whatever number you want. What would be a big follower count? 100,000 people? So imagine between 45 and 65% of those being bot followers. In other words, they're not real people. They're just, they look like people, they're just there to show the numbers. Or imagine a million, and 65% of those aren't real people. So you know, there's sites, in case you didn't know, that will create fake followers. And now, today, also includes AI facial generators that will create a one-of-a-kind face or photograph of a person. It will never create that combination again. You can choose the age, ethnicity, male or female, and so on. I read about it about a month ago, and I went there to try it out for myself. So yeah, the next time you see a page that says Our Team, and you see the pictures of people, and you can't find any information about them anywhere else online, <laughs> I, okay, maybe I'm reaching a little bit here, but these kind of things are out there. Now, these accounts, these bot accounts, are stored on, I guess you could call them farms, because what they do is... They have a combination of AI-generated content that's created, plus they have a real-person oversight. So one very poorly underpaid person is probably managing 
30 or 40 bot accounts. What I mean by managing, I'm talking about overseeing. So if you inbox a bot personality, these people will actually respond as though they're that person. So now these bots are used by services to do any number of things. Basically, it's like controlling a crowd of people. You can manufacture popularity. You can show support for products or services. You can create fake traffic to a website, to a product, to a launch, anything you can imagine and a whole lot more. As a matter of fact, this was one of the best kept secrets and let's call it the enterprise marketing world for years. You hire an agency, they set up the analytics, they get whatever they can legitimately, legitimate traffic, and then they make up the difference months down the line with bot traffic. So people paying these companies aren't any the wiser. They think their landing pages aren't working, they think their ad copy needs to be changed or tweaked, and they continue this pattern until basically they pull the plug and they move on from that company. And most of these companies, and I understand locking people in for six months or even longer sometimes, but there's two sides to that lock-in because I believe that a lot of people would pull the plug on these services just a few months in because they're just not producing what they had promised. When someone tells you that they can send hundreds or thousands of visitors per day to your sales page, to a landing page, to your product, whatever you have, then you would think that after 30 days of that, you should have at least some type of action conversion-wise. You get where I'm coming from? And I know some of my own friends have used these companies. Now, I've hired companies myself, and I've worked with other companies before, especially when doing uh, political campaigns. That entire world is more corrupt than you could probably imagine. Uh, well, as a matter of fact, I think everybody knows that now. The follower counts on... Uh, some of the world's most famous politicians are probably a good, it's safe to say, 50% bots at this point. I mean, when was the last time that you really cared what a politician said? Maybe coming up to an election or something like that, but who really hangs on every word? Uh, Number-wise, I'm sure like there, there are people that are. I'm sure there's niches for everything. I'm sure everybody has a fan club that has some kind of popularity, if you want to call it a fan club. But those clubs don't number in the millions and millions of people that are logging on to see what so-and-so said today. They are a smaller number of people. But anyway, the point is this. When you're getting this fake traffic after you hire a marketing agency, and I'm not going to tell you that I believe all marketing agencies do this. I would say the biggest ones do, though. I remember even before the online world, when you hired a direct marketing company, there are all kinds of ways that you could get ripped off. So, for example, if you did if you did a direct mailing to a zip code, and let's say they had, I don't know, 5,000 mailing pieces they were going to send out for you, and you kind of haggled them down on the price, what they would do is they would turn around, let's say there's 5,000 uh, pieces, they would only mail out 4,000 of them and keep the difference. That's what I'm talking about. About uh, where there's money... There's corruption. I hate to say it. I'm not saying everybody that has money is corrupt. I'm not saying every wealthy person is corrupt. But I'm saying the system itself lends itself to be corrupt more times than not because of the money. Like somebody said one time, follow the money. If you want to know why something is the way it is, just do a little bit of digging and follow the money. I remember once Lori and I had lunch with a former senator here in the state of Florida. This is about 10 years ago, 
and a friend of ours was thinking about running and he invited us to lunch and we had we were talking about what it would take to get elected here in Sarasota County and you know he was a state senator but basically he laid it out you will go and you'll meet certain people big money people they'll have a party at their home you'll go and you'll meet their friends and during the course of the night You'll find out what's important to who, and you're going to decide right there and then what you're going to promise to who and what you're going to deliver on. And if you make those commitments, you better follow through on those commitments, right? But again, that's the, the system is corrupt at the core. So people wonder why nothing gets done. That's why. There's, there's no real changing it. And I don't know that, at least in, in that world, if you can get on top, if you can make it to the top, without getting dirty in the process. Now, you know, we laugh about things like used car sales. But some of my friends were used car salesmen, and they weren't corrupt people. They were nice people, and they steered people away from the cars that weren't really a good fit for them. A lot of my friends are internet marketers. And, you know, they don't promise people that they're going to be wealthy beyond belief. They help people leave maybe their 9-to-5 jobs, or they help people get the basics of their business set up. Things like that. There's nothing wrong with anything like that. But then, of course, you get the people that promise, that overpromise, that overhype. Comparing that to what I'm talking about here is kind of like low-level corruption, low-level hype versus just outright corruption at, at the highest level. About, I don't know, 2009, 2008, I hired a company in New York City to manage my Twitter account, grow my followers, and I know there were bots back then, too. That was just a fraction, though, of what's out there today. So I did it for a while. And over the years, Facebook has, or excuse me, Twitter has tagged certain counts as being, I guess you'd call them low-level bots. In other words, there weren't people that were actually logging into those accounts, making, going through the effort to making them look real. It's really easy to do now. Everything can be automated to make the account look active when it really isn't. It's just you know, software, logging in, AI, generating some uh, tweets, a few tweets, and responding and sharing and that kind of thing. But back then, they didn't have that. So the, the bots were kind of like low level. And I lost about, right now I have about 9,000 and change. I would say I had about 13,000 then. So that, yeah, that's what I think what happened to me too. So the, that percentage that I lost were bots. However, today it's worse. When you're looking at 45 to 65%, I mean, that's a significant number. So you have a combination of things in play here. First, the bot itself, plus you have the enhanced AI that can intelligently post, share, make quick comments, or reply to any piece of content anywhere. And again, the purposes can be wide-ranging. For example, maybe showing support for a political candidate or showing support for an idea, an agenda, or anything else. And of course, on the world stage, it's a no-brainer that governments would have their own bots along with a highly advanced AI that would enable them to engage with people, places, and things that are of interest to them. The problem for us is so much of the data comes from sources that people have traditionally relied upon that are now shown to be false. The data is skewed. It's very misleading. Matter of fact, just last week, this article appeared. I just copied and pasted part of it in here. Let me just read this to you. A lawsuit accusing Meta's Platform Inc.'s Facebook of overstating its advertising audience got a lot bigger Tuesday when the court expanded the pool of plaintiffs 
to include more than 2 million small ad buyers. So this is happening on every level, not just the big spenders. Dismissing what he called a blunderous, a blunderbuss of objections by the company, a federal judge in San Francisco ruled that the case can proceed as a class action on behalf of small business owners and individuals that bought ads on Facebook or Instagram since August 15, 2014. The decision is another setback for the social network giant after court filings in 2021 revealed that its audience measuring tool was known by high-ranking Facebook executives to be unreliable because it was skewed by fake and duplicate accounts. Facebook lawyers argued in the filings that the social media company has made updates to improve its user estimates. A Facebook employee went on the record saying the inflated ad metrics are deeply wrong. User metrics have also been at the heart of challenges against other social media companies. LinkedIn is facing a suit accusing it of inflating video viewing metrics to lure and overcharge advertisers. Snap Inc., the parent company of Snapchat social media app, was sued in 2017 by a former employee who claimed the company was inflating growth metrics ahead of its initial public offering. The case was moved into a closed-door arbitration, and court records don't indicate how it was resolved. In 2019, Facebook agreed to a $40 million settlement of a class-action suit brought by advertisers who claimed they overpaid for video ads based on overstated video viewing metrics shared by the company. The current case was filed in 2018 by an e-commerce business that spent more than a million dollars on ads and a seller of firearm accessories who spent around $350. So we have the very top end of the spectrum, the very lower end of the spectrum, and we got everything in between. Facebook executives, including Chief Operating Officer Sheryl Sandberg, knew the user metric called potential reach showed to digital ad buyers to help them set their target audience and budget was inflated and, quote, not based on people, the advertisers said in their complaint. As a result, advertisers ended up buying ads at a premium price, they said. For years, Facebook has been repeatedly confronted with the choice between telling the customers the truth or preserving its revenue. At every turn, Facebook chose revenue, lawyers for the ad buyers said in a court filing. What's the lesson here? I think there's a lot more than one, but I think that people for the most part are trusting still. They want to believe what they're told, and they want to believe that if somebody did that in the past and they were caught, that they're not doing it again. We're seeing the exact opposite of that is true. So what do you do? Knowing all the above, what do you do? First, I think you have to pick your battles. If you really want to know what's going on, you step into whatever process you need to step into, and you stop completely relying on others. You get as close to the facts personally as possible. There's a show on TV, I forgot what it's called, but basically a boss goes undercover in his company and he goes maybe into one of their retail locations and he works there and he sees how the processes are going and they're often shocked not realizing that maybe the employees aren't being treated well or something needs to be fixed. Really interesting show, but that's just an example of stepping out of this place where you're relying on everybody else to do the work for you and getting as close as possible on ground level to see exactly what's going on for yourself. It's easier said than done depending on what it is that you're trying to do. For example, 
for myself, analytics, interpreting website analytics is important to how I draw out my marketing plans. That said, I may decide to use three different types of software to measure the same activity on the same pages on the same website. Certain programs will show me higher numbers for page views, as an example, than others will for that exact same page in that exact same time frame. And oftentimes, the variance is as much as 20% either way, more or less. Google Analytics, for example, is often lower. And there are times that I found Google's numbers to just be unreliable. I'll just leave it at that. Like I said, there's times, it doesn't happen all the time, but I would say about 15% of the time, the information that I found number-wise, data-wise on Google was not how, did not reflect how things played out in reality. So ultimately, you should more or less have whatever it is that you do, your finger on the pulse of your industry. Much of the time, the data that you get should confirm what you already know. A decade ago, I ran my business 100% based on the data that was out there. I didn't really give it much of a second thought. I was more data focused at that time, but not anymore. And another way to look at it's like this. The data only shows us what already has happened. If it's legitimate data, that is. So if there's a trend of some kind that's starting to build, if you're close to your market, your topic, and I'm guessing that you are, a lot of times you can get a feel for the way things are going before the data will confirm that intuition that you have. And you have to learn to rely on that gut feeling that you have on your own intuition. And you can develop that over time. It can be a great asset as a business owner. With some experience, you can identify patterns or opportunities before they're visible on a graph or chart. I guess we could sum it up by saying don't become over-reliant on any single source of data or information. When you consider the fact that Facebook is facing their third, not their first, not their second, but their third lawsuit, class action lawsuit, on artificially inflating numbers to the existing and potential advertisers, obviously it's cheaper for them to just go ahead and pay the fines than it is to lose that ad revenue on the front end. Google also has paid heavy fines, not just here in the US, but internationally as well. Have they changed their practices? I don't think so. I think if my business revolved around Facebook advertising and I had that service that I provided to my clients, I'd just go ahead and let my clients know what was happening behind the scenes. It's not like you're going to see this on the front page of the news. It's not like you're going to see this splashed all over the media. You're not going to see a lot of people talking about these lawsuits on the actual platforms either. Just remember, maybe you've seen this in a short blurb or something like that, but the media, the big money protects their own. We're talking about huge publicly traded companies that you can practically buy silence. I remember hearing stories about back in the day, the mafia in New York. They had cops, judges, even editors and journalists uh, on their payroll. And today when we hear stories like that, we think, well, that was back then. Today, things are different. I hate to say this. I don't know about the mafia, but the more things change, the more they stay the same. A guy I know, one degree of separation had lies printed about him in the press here locally. And the story was based on false information. And the media outlet printed the story knowing the story was false, and it gained a lot of traction locally, kind of like the clickbait principle. And so he went ahead and sued him. I mean, they basically assassinated his character. He sued them, and according to the people that I know who were close to the situation, he made a small fortune 
when the media outlet settled with him out of court. This happens all the time. I can't tell you how many times big media outlets settle with people out of court because they print lies and false information. And of course, it's never publicized when they settle out of court. That's the part you rarely hear about, that there was a settlement. And that's not what people remember anyway. Most people remember this story before it was retracted. Now, I know there's a lot of people out there, entrepreneurs, maybe millions, just small business owners, professionals, trying to build their businesses, trying to build their brand, trying to reach a new audience. And then they see others who seem to be doing everything that they're doing, but they appear to be doing it twice as effectively and twice as fast. You may as well forget about them. Forget about their numbers. They may or may not be real. Instead, practice keeping your head down. And if you have to compete, compete against yourself. Improve whatever it is that you're doing or building. Focus on your thing. Forget about following other people's follower counts. Forget about the number of newsletter subscribers other people have. You may have to tune out people who are always telling you about how much money they made last month or last year. We're doing business in a space where, for example, let's say over the next several days, you want to get a lot of views to a YouTube video that you're going to put out. Let's say you want 10,000 views. Yes, you can buy views too. Right now, for example, I found a site called Viral Lift, and I found it in an article about buying some of these services. Viral Lift, let me just get to the page. Hold on a second. So, for example, there's high quality views and there's premium quality views. And they're both supposed to be real people, except the premium, I guess, are a better level or better quality. Who knows? Anyway, for example, if I click on YouTube, I can buy YouTube subscribers. I can buy YouTube views. I can buy likes. I can buy YouTube comments. I can buy YouTube dislikes. I can buy shares. I can get Facebook followers on Facebook. I can get Facebook likes, post likes, page views, Instagram. I can get followers, Instagram likes, Instagram views, Instagram auto likes. So if, let's say, for example, we're going to put out a YouTube video tomorrow. Let's see here. Let's say we want to have 10,000. Let's see how much it would cost. For $69, we can buy 10,000 views. Real, it says real advert views three to four day delivery time, real premium views, and they give 24-7 support. And then beneath that, it says, as seen on Yahoo, US Weekly, Forbes, Cosmopolitan, New York Post. So this is just crazy. I mean, this has become the norm online. And this is just one of many sites that are out there. You can buy LinkedIn results. You can buy Twitter followers. You can buy uh, Spotify plays and followers. TikTok views, followers, likes, and shares. I can just go on and on and on. Like I said, this is just one of many different sites out there that do this. And so when you take all of that into consideration, you know, then you really can't believe what you're seeing. You really can't. I'm not saying that you should believe or not believe it. I'm saying that you shouldn't focus on other people's successes. Those successes may not be what they appear to be. So Taking everything into consideration, we have the fake followers, the fake reviews, the fake income reports, fake video views, fake subscriber counts, and more. And before my voice gives out today, let me just say that knowing all of this is a good thing. Because if you decide to invest in ads on any platform, you already know going in what you're dealing with. Maybe you'll be dealt a fair hand on your next campaign. Maybe not. 
Assuming, however, that these big companies really care about their customers, that's one mistake none of us should ever make again going forward. Okay, that's about all for today. I hope, again, you enjoyed this episode. As always, if it will help a friend, please share the episode link with them, or you can send them to jimgalliano.com forward slash podcast. All the back episode links are there. So thanks again for listening. Have a great rest of your week, and I'll talk to you later.